Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there. They're talk to them. Good. Can I? Yeah. I would love you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? I'm, I'm, absolutely. Ask your friends over here. All right. Fuck you. The rogue of wrestling, Michael Newman. Excuse me, Mr. Announcer, sir. Uh, I don't identify as male. Uh, today, I identify as an elephant. And the New Jersey kid, Joe Sheehan. Uh, sir, we do not identify by weight. That is prejudicial. <laughs> You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another exciting edition of the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast, and we've got yet another pay-per-view coming up. At this point, it just seems like it's happening every week, and so here to dissect everything of wrestling this week is my tag team partner, the rogue of wrestling, Mr. Michael Newman, alongside me, Toshi uh, and the New Jersey Kid. <laughs> I forgot my name for a second. Yeah, that's a, that's a real problem to have, man. Uh, yeah. Amnesia is a serious issue. Mm-hmm. Should get that checked out with your doctor. <laughs> but before you do that, I have the cure to every other illness. And what um, is that? Unfortunately, it's uh, it's gonna be going fast. But uh, Ultima Lucha Trace, my friend. Ah. The uh, the in my heart, I want to believe this is not the swan song, but I think it is. I think this is the end of Lucha Underground, and what an end it was. Now, what were you into any of the big TV series like that have been around the past? Like, did you watch The Sopranos or Breaking Bad or anything like that? I I ended up watching all of Breaking Bad, but not when it was on TV. But I was really, really into Lost when that shit was on TV. Okay, so, so how was the ending for that one for you? That was really fucking mixed and bittersweet for a couple of reasons. I really loved it because it. There was, like, some emotional satisfaction, but at the same time, that show had so many fucking plot holes that it did not tie up that it was, like, also aggravating because, like, why the fuck didn't you guys do this for us? Like the smoke monster? Like, well, actually, you know what? That's one of the ones that they kind of resolved, weirdly enough. (laughs) But, like, (laughs) there was a giant statue that had four toes, and they made a big deal of it, and they never fucking went into that. Like, so many things, dude. Um, But, yeah, well, I, I guess maybe... I'm not as fully into the depression mode of I was post-Lost. One, because I've been through this pain before with Lost. Mm-hmm. And two, because I, I think there's that little bit of hope. Maybe it'll come back. Because, like, you know, some of the other guys that are involved with Lucha Underground, like Johnny Mundo and whatnot, like, they're specifically keeping their contracts open to the possibility of coming back. Yeah, which is why they're only appearing on places like Impact. Or if it's back to TNA, I don't fucking know anymore. <laughs> Right, because I imagine that it's like, all right, if, if Lucha Underground was totally done, like, why wouldn't he go back to, like, WWE or something like that instead of GFW? Yeah. So, that's, so, yeah. that's like, that's the little glimmer of hope. Maybe it'll come back. Yeah. So, the reason I, I asked you about, like, the other series is, like, mm-hmm. as much as I was sad, because I was super into Breaking Bad when it was on, mm-hmm. as, and as sad as I was to see it go, I was just like, that ending was goddamn perfect. And so, that's how I kind of feel about Lucha Underground is, like, mm-hmm. If if this is the end, what a fucking end. Like, <laughs> yeah, cuz it's like outside of all the stuff that they set up for season 4, like this this the Ultima Lucha was one of the perfect round like full circle stories that they've ever told in that the the final main event was Johnny Mundo versus Prince Puma, which was the first main event of the first episode of Lucha Underground. 
Mm-hmm. And then back then, Johnny won. So then now it was this huge trans like this was the ultimate culmination of the transform transformative journey of Prince Puma. And Johnny. And Johnny too, because it's like, well, he's he Yeah, actually that that's a whole different interesting journey. Right? And, because yeah, because like he, this is a the Johnny Mundo of this past episode was very different from the Johnny Mundo of the the first season of Lucha Underground. That's true. That's very true. Like he has way more depth as a character. He's a bigger heel than he was before. Like mm-hmm. he's just added so many elements to his character, and so is Prince Puma. I'm not trying to take it away from him. You're mm-hmm. right. He was the main story of the transform transformation. But I think the two of them together, it, mm-hmm. it was. It was a great story. Yeah, it was a fantastic story, which, you know, it, and obviously it culminated with uh, Prince Puma defeating Johnny Mundo, kind of like finding that full redemption and then reclaiming the Lucha Underground for uh, Lucha Underground title for the, you know, his second reign, the only person ever to hold it twice. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was a fucking great story, dude. Great fucking match, too. Like, you know, having and, the whole I mean, uh, Worldwide Underground come in and then Angelico evens the odds and then it's back down to just those two. Like, perfect. I mean, I was super surprised by that ending. Like, the first ending, at least. Like, with, with Puma losing? Or Puma winning? or Puma winning. Yeah. Because uh, I was just like, oh, Puma's leaving the company. There's no way he's going to mm-hmm. uh, win the title. And then he won. And then Dario Cueto comes out. And I'm like, oh, here it goes. But even though, like, so as soon as it's, like, career versus title, mm-hmm. um, for the, the match with Pentagon Dark, I was just like, this is an amazing match still. Like, and, and Puma just wrestled an amazing match. Yeah. <laughs> you just put on, like, back-to-back clinics against yeah. two different guys. It's Yeah, so that was fucking crazy, because then Dario comes out, and then actually, I guess we kind of see, like, this is basically his last act in life. Dario Cueto's yeah. last act in life was to screw Prince Puma over <laughs> by allowing Pentagon Dark to come out and uh, challenge for the title and ultimately retire puma because then he put in the double um double retirement stipulation that mm-hmm. whoever loses is gone and then of course you know vampiro turns on him like holy shit there was so much to this it was insane yep uh yeah oh my gosh because then yeah then after that it's like we had we had three deaths in uh this season finale of Lucha Underground, because after this, uh, Puma, when he leaves, we see him, like, he leaves the temple and takes off the mask and all that, which is really yeah. basically, like, the perfect visual for the very end of this series, right? It was, like, him oh, taking absolutely. off the mask and leaving it at the temple, yeah. sort of. Fucking astounding. And then we see, like, this, you know, the dude uh, who, I guess, is working for the, whoever, like, this these government people, the mayor, whoever the, the evil guy is that's past yeah. Dario, set this dude down and then fucking gunned down Dario in his office. So Dario yes. Cueto's dead. But he calls Papa Cueto. Yeah, like as he's dying. Crazy. So then, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess Papa Cueto would have to come into the mix or something. But you know, then again, don't know if we'll get anything else. But then, of, of course, we have the uh, the third death and the most tragic of all. Um, in one of the post uh, match segments, we see like a bunch of little stuff setting up for the next season. And uh, over in the the reptile tribe. Luchasaurus was beheaded. Yeah. I don't really know and why. Drago was like, what the fuck? <laughs> He's like, what the fuck, dude? Just gonna cut motherfuckers' heads off? <laughs> I don't know if I signed up for this shit. 
Serving and working for like a crazy evil bitch? Yeah, I signed up for that. Yeah. Cutting off Luchasaurus' head? That's too far. Cobra Moon is a crazy bitch. Crazy bitch. Uh, we had also Phoenix and Melissa Santos drive off into the sunset together. Mm-hmm. And uh, King Cuerno celebrating his big victory. Yes, yeah, uh, so other... how about that fucking crazy ass uh, match for the gauntlet? Um, with uh, uh, Jeremiah Crane yep. and Will Martez and uh, Cage. My... yeah, Cage, all going for this uh, gauntlet. Uh, Cage limits Jeremiah Crane first, which I thought was great because that left Martez and Cage to have a great second part of the match. Although I do have to say, I I would almost say that Jeremiah Crane I think was the star of this match. He yeah. was working. Until he got eliminated. <laughs> well, he is the workhorse of the match, right? Like, as yeah, but a smaller, he, more agile guy. But he really brought it, too. Like, even the, um, I feel like he sold, like, just how psychotically violent this match was. Because, mm-hmm. like, without him, it's like, because Mil Muertes has to constantly not sell shit. Cage has to, like, constantly basically not sell shit. So it was really down to Jeremiah Crane to really portray how intense this match was. Mm-hmm. And he, he got some color in there, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, he had to uh, have bladed the fuck out of that, because that was a huge... <laughs> that was a huge crimson mask. It was a, I was going to say, it was a crimson mask. Like, Yeah. Um, but as soon as Moretes wins the gauntlet uh, through a flatliner, King Corner swoops in and steals the gauntlet. That was awesome, dude. Did not see that coming. I Nope. I don't think anyone did. And what a great bit of continuity, because, yeah, it was at uh, Ultima Lucha Dos when um, uh, Mil Mortez, like killed King Cuerno, right? Yes. Muertes seems to have a problem not dying himself and also killing other people. <laughs> yeah, for the man of a thousand deaths, he's got a real death problem. <laughs> yeah. He's always coming back. The people he kills are always coming back. Yeah, it's like he just doesn't know how to kill anybody, actually. <laughs> You know, he, he needs to take a couple lessons from, um, I'm trying to remember who, the, I think it was Adaga? Was that the guy that they gave the sword to to cut Luchasaurus' head off? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, got to take some learns or from Daga or uh, who else has killed people? Matanza's killed people? Mm-hmm. Uh, even Dario's killed people on this show. Yeah, Dario even... Cueto killed a dude with a plastic bowl or a, whatever it's made out of. Marble, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but you know he, who he didn't kill was Rey Mysterio. That's true, but he locked his ass up in a cage. <laughs> yeah, next to his brother. Yep. And then now the man with the key is gone. So I guess they're both oh, just going to starve to death. I don't know. I don't is know how that this how works. Right, right out of Lynch Underground. <laughs> he just starved to death in a cage? <laughs> That'd be so pathetic. <laughs> we have like all this insane action, this Mortal Kombat-esque shit, and it's like, oh yeah, Rey Mysterio, he just died. Like, he just, yeah, he starved. Yeah. Nobody came looking for him. Nobody Dario found him. had him locked up, and then Dario yeah. was killed and couldn't get the key. Well, you know, nobody knew the secret location of his sex dungeon, so. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to find him. Oh, we also got the uh, reveal of Vampiro's uh, master. Oh, yeah, who was that? Because we just saw there was, like, some sort of shadowy figure, right? Yeah, some Skeletor-looking motherfucker. <laughs> Skeletor is my lord. 
my god. That'd be funny as shit. <laughs> you just have Skeletor, Vampiro, and uh, Pentagon Dark just taking yeah. over everything. And then He-Man shows up. Exactly. <laughs> In Lucha Underground. <laughs> well, I guess Cage would probably be like the closest He-Man, right? So he would just be like repackaged as He-Man. Yeah, and then he could turn Matanza face and he could be one of the other Ooh. Uh, group members. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? With with Dario out of the way, maybe Matanza could turn face or something. I don't know. Because he's just Very like deeply possible. disturbed and was like manipulated. It's not his mm-hmm. fault. He could be like the Lucha Underground's McFoley. He, he was psychologically tortured. He's even got the mask. <laughs> like, except he's not He's not mankind. He's the, he be monster kind because he's the monster Matanza Cueto. Uh, I see what you did there. Ah, ah. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, I mean, do you have any other uh, highlights from this episode? I was my last thing I was gonna say. Man, this is so sad because it's like it, this might be one of the last times we ever talk about Lucha Underground on the show. My my last thing I was gonna try and bring up with you is I wanted to kind of compare with you. What did you mm-hmm. think of Ultima Lucha Trace versus WrestleMania this year? Like just to compare the Big Show versus the Big Show. I would say Ultima Lucha Trace. It depends on how you want to look at it, right? Mm-hmm. Because in terms of storyline, Ultima Lucha Trace beats it. Mm-hmm. The only re- way WrestleMania wins is if you just look at the grandeur, so to speak, right? Right, like that giant stadium and all those giant stadium, eighty thousand people or whatever it was, like mm-hmm. packed inside. Like that's. That's WrestleMania's drawing now. It doesn't draw on its stories anymore. Like, it drew when it was Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. That's when it drew, and it wasn't the Wrestle. Like, mm-hmm. now it's just, oh, WrestleMania's coming to town. Don't care what you put on the card. You're just going to go because it's here. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. I, you know what? That's, you know what? Let's feed that right into because I wanted to address too. I actually didn't discuss with you beforehand, but uh, kind of in, in, um, in lieu of our, like, going to be taking up ROH soon. Um, I haven't yes. watched, like, ROH this week. But I did see a little bit of that promo that um, Cody Rhodes cut against Roman Reigns. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> Where Roman Reigns was, you know, talking all this shit about how it's like, yeah, you know what, once you draw 100,000, then you could talk. And it's like, motherfucker, you and nobody in the history of wrestling has ever drawn 100,000. Shut yeah. up. <laughs> like, where does he where does he get off with it? Like that's fucking hilarious, I think. <laughs> Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant drew however many were in WrestleMania three. Mm-hmm. Steve Austin and The Rock drew however many were in WrestleMania seventeen. But you come to current day WWE, nobody on that card is drawing. You can say Cena a little bit. Maybe a little bit. And I think I think a lot of the fact that like yeah, no one person or things like that are drawing is very much by design. I think Deb, I yes. think Vince keeps it that way because it's a way to keep control. Vince was hurt by two of his biggest stars. He was hurt by Austin. And he was hurt by The Rock. Yep. It, and he yep. said he was never going to get hurt like that again. Exactly. It's it's when you get burned by a bad relationship, man. You don't make the same mistake twice. Mm-hmm. Or three Which times in this case. Which is very smart on his part, right? <laughs> he completely keeps the leverage his way. It is, it is an interesting double-edged sword because yes. holding people back does prevent him from making money but at the same time then they never get big enough to be able to like force him into a negotiating position yeah like he always has the power like you said 
which he's been burned at before. <laughs> like right. it's, Vince, uh, as crazy as Vince McMahon is and all the shit we give him, like, he has a lot of reasons for what he does. Oh, yeah, like, a lot of his insanity has, like, you can track the reasons. You can see why his brain works the way he does. Yeah, like, when he's dealt with guys like the Ultimate Warrior in the past, you're like, oh, yeah, I get it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like, dealing with guys like that, dealing with guys like Bret Hart, like, there's so many motherfuckers he's had to deal with that it's just like, this is bullshit, mm-hmm. man. And, you know, uh, it, 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 I get it. Like, I get why he does it the way that he does it. But, yeah, it, it's it's weird because then it's like he he does hold people back a lot. Don't you think? Yeah. But it, I don't know if sometimes I, I think it's on pers- purpose, but other times I feel like it's um just that the WWE has become bigger than its superstars. That's also very true. I would, I would agree. Like that the company has just gotten so big that it's just like, how can a single superstar draw when there's just that many superstars on the roster? Like kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's another good fucking point, especially with like, like the way that they book and do TV and stuff like that too. Like so many of these guys, well, I, I guess maybe with the brand split, that kind of helped a little bit, but a lot of these guys got really, really overexposed. Mm-hmm. And that really fucking hurt. Yeah. But, like, now they've... I do feel like they are in a better position now than they were a couple of years ago. Like, I think that they've gotten... Like, at this point, I feel like their talent pool has almost never been deeper. Oh, my God. they have. It's almost like they have too many guys, right? Right. And it, I don't know. It's like... Where where do they go from there? Like, do you, do you think they're eventually going to have to hit a mass firing at some point, or are they just going to keep the tactic that they do of just like let these guys' contracts run out when they run out just to like avoid the bad PR of like I, yeah, firing somebody? Because it's, it's weird they haven't done the mass like post WrestleMania, uh, uh, what am what am I like mm-hmm. releases? That's the word, right? Like, Usually, right after WrestleMania is when you'll get like, oh, the person they haven't been using gets let go and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But they haven't been doing that the past couple of years. It's it's fucking bizarre. And they have a, go ahead. They have a, a good amount of people on their roster that they actually aren't doing anything with. <laughs> like, yeah, there's there's a lot of people they aren't doing shit with, or just honestly, like, what the fuck's the point of keeping them around? Yeah. And, and then, but then you have the opposite side of things. You have people like Neville and Nia Jax that are like, "I can go and do other things." So, see ya. Well, it sounds like I, I've been reading a little bit more on whatever reports have been coming out with the Nia Jax situation, and I feel like that's not her leaving. Leaving. The more information no, that comes she, out, it sounds like she just needs a fucking break or something like that. It's more of a personal thing. Break, but it sounds like she does have a problem with her creative and mm-hmm. how much she's getting paid. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess maybe it's a little column A, a little column B for her. Yeah. But yeah, um, Neville seems to be very clear cut where he was just like, fuck this shit, I am out. <laughs> yeah. But Which, I think, go ahead. To bring it back to Cody, if you look at guys like that, they have other options. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's you know what, that's actually probably going to be one of the things that's going to start a big impetus, I think, in maybe the way that they have to run things a little bit is because there are starting to be increasingly more options for these guys outside of the business, 
then it's like they, they almost have to give these guys a little bit more of a platform to legitimately get over. Because I think that their incredible amount of micromanaging they've been doing to these guys has killed a lot of these characters. Mm-hmm. And actually, to, to bring it back um, to the point where we were talking about, which is like how much they're not firing these guys and just letting people sit around that they don't use and shit. Like, how much does that defeat their own mentality of like how much WWE constantly strives competition? And how they're all about like you know we we'd have to have we'd have to have a competitive locker room. That's how we have the best superstars. Mm-hmm. And it's like if so many of these guys can just sit around and hang out at catering and collect the paycheck, how does that fucking inspire competition? Yeah, and there there is no real competition between like Raw and SmackDown. They always try to make it out that there is, but it's like when Michael Cole is on both Raw and SmackDown again, I don't mm-hmm. believe you. Right. <laughs> But then, but then even like um, I'm trying to think, like within within the different superstars and stuff like that, like there's so many guys that just kind of sat around and had opportunities that just like, all right, I will I will I will give this sliver sliver of compliment to Baron Corbin. He is doing a good job of carrying around the title and acting like a douche, but <laughs> that's not enough to make you a fucking worthwhile champion, buddy. Look at Jinder Mahal. He's been stinking up that WWE title scene for a while. And, like, a guy like Baron Corbin, I don't understand why the fuck he got put up on the main roster so quick. Why the fuck they've kept him around so goddamn long. Like, he's been, like, he's the kind of guy that if I were booking this shit, he'd be on strike two, if not strike three and gone already. Like, he would be on the short list of, like, you gotta fucking improve now or you are gone. Because we have Aleister Black sitting in NXT, who is everything we want you to be, and more, and he's way better at it. So, and like, that, that's the kind of competition I'm thinking of. It's like, there's so many guys that just have these spots that do not deserve them in the slightest. Like, what in the actual fuck is Jinder Mahal still doing with that goddamn title? Uh, well, not too much longer, right? Maybe? I, at this point, I think they're going to have to keep him on, keep it on through the India tour. Which is, which is sad. December. God damn it, that's all the way in December. That shit's yep. on one of my other ideas. Cause, all right, so but he came out and challenged Brock Lesnar this week. Yeah, that's what I meant. Which was insane. And I was just thinking about this. Like, is there a less appealing match that you can think of? <laughs> like, that's uh, pretty bad. Baron Corbin versus. Oh, no. <laughs> the oh. Great Collie. Yeah. <laughs> Oh no, no! Thank God that'll never happen. Please, please, WWE, don't ever do that. Oh like, my God, I was more excited about Kane returning than I, this match right? between Jinder and Brock. <laughs> That's so screwed up. Oh, like you know what? Who knows? Maybe because I, I imagine this going only one of two ways. I I imagine this either being. Uh, the ass rape of Jinder Mahal, where Brock Lesnar just comes in and kills the Singh brothers and then kills Jinder Mahal. Uh, which, yeah, I guess could be fun for like a minute. I'm sure people would like to see Jinder Mahal get beat up. Um, but I was I was really hoping that maybe because they're bringing out AJ and doing this so quickly, because like with AJ coming out, you know that he's, I feel like they're definitely building towards a title match with him, right? Oh, Definitely. So then, like, either he's got to win the title or they're going to fucking feed him to Jinder Mahal, too. Like, ugh. Ugh. If you fucking do that. Can we talk about how 
Uh, AJ Styles scared off three guys. Yeah, that that fucking too. I mean, but that's he's fucking awesome. Like, <laughs> Jinder Mahal, he like that's the third thing. Like, you know what? Fucking, he should be afraid of everybody because he sucks. I, I, oh, I no. was like, <laughs> well, but like, cause it, like AJ Styles has so much more of like a like a backbone as a character. You know what I mean? Like, even if he's not as big as you, like he's fucking scrappy as shit. So he's gonna he's gonna come and fight you. Like you know, it's no joke. Yeah. But yeah, they don't I, want none, as his theme song says. <laughs> Which, I'm trying to remember, uh, we talked about this before, but did you know that that theme song was originally going to be for Mark Henry? Really? Yeah, as a new theme for him, but then AJ Styles came in and they gave it to him instead. It works much better for AJ Styles. It is good for AJ Styles, but like as I, as I listened to the lyrics, I was like, oh, I guess this makes sense. I understand why this is supposed to be for Mark Henry. Yeah, you know, true. Like I, I got the farmer strength, uh, you know, ain't nobody knows the pain, mm. you know, you have the reference to Hall of Pain, of course, maybe. Yeah, but then it does, uh, I think they say redneck at one point, I guess Mark mm-hmm. is, oh yeah, Mark yeah, is from Texas. Texas. Yeah, never mind. Yep. Totally could have worked, but yeah, it's a great wow. style. Great now move I'm for to, I'm imagining Mark Henry walking out to that song now. <laughs> <laughs> well imagine this uh jason jordan might be joining titus worldwide that is a uh, an interesting idea it's it is a weird idea um i think especially on paper just because there's there's so clearly like a story going on with jason jordan that i think is supposed to culminate with him getting frustrated and turning heel but, uh, you know, maybe this is like a diversion for a little bit. I don't know. Maybe they're just trying I mean, to throw shit at the wall and see what works with him. Because they weren't really doing anything with him, right? Like, he didn't have a clear story even from the onset of this Kurt Angle thing. Well, I, part of the problem was that he was he was starting up that story with Miz, but then before it really got going, Miz ended up having to get sidetracked with the S.H.I.E.L.D. storyline. So then, like, Jason Jordan kind of didn't have a direction for, like, where to go with his being the Kurt Angle son storyline. Because, like, all right, great, you're Kurt Angle's son, but, like, what are you doing? Like, are you going after somebody? Are you going after a title? Like, you, you got to do something. But, yeah, I don't, like, the only thing that encourages me about this is just because I saw the little, like, Raw Fallout video and it seemed like he was having a little bit more personality, which is by far his greatest weakness. Because, like, as an in-ring performer, he's pretty good. Like, I think Jason Jordan's yeah. not, you know, he's not Jinder Mahal. Like, you can't put a match together to save his life. Definitely not. Man, can you, all right. What if, what if AJ Styles beats Jinder Mahal for the title? And then we get AJ Styles versus Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series. That would be an amazing match. That I think has a potential for being an amazing match. I feel like I don't put anything past Brock Lesnar. Well, As I far mean, as like got... being able to stink up a match. <laughs> It's got uh, AJ Styles in it, so. That's true. Well, you know, I guess we'll, we'll have to see if AJ Styles can uh, pull some magic on Jinder Mahal first and then see if he can do the same thing to Lesnar. Because, <laughs> yeah, actually, you know what? Here's, I could even book you a story. I would like to see this is the way that would go down. AJ Styles gets the title. We see AJ Styles versus Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series because nobody wants to fucking see Lesnar versus Mahal. No. We see those two, and then you know what? The way you can even fucking do it to protect everybody, 
have Jinder Mahal and the things come out and cost AJ Styles the match. Whatever. I don't even care. Just don't give me Jinder Mahal and Brock Lesnar. Even though they probably will. Because it's like, they don't, they very rarely ever do that where they hype a specific match like that and then they don't deliver. Oh yeah, no, Vince, Vince never does that. Yeah. God damn it. This means that fucking Styles is going to have to lose to Jinder Mahal. This is bullshit. Like, unless they, the only way they would do that is to like, they just held it off for a little bit. Like, or did it in another form. Like, hmm. didn't he challenge him at Survivor Series? Uh, yeah, like, Jinder Mahal challenged Lesnar at Survivor Series, yes. Yeah. So, like, it could turn into a team-on-team match, right? Like, Team Jinder versus Team Lesnar? Yeah, like, a Raw versus SmackDown kind of a thing. Oh, no, I, I don't think Lesnar's ever getting a partner. I know, <clears throat> but... Then I, 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 I see what you're saying, happen. but I, Yeah, you're... Fuck, you're probably right. What if... You know what? Here's another idea. What if they try to use this somehow turn gender babyface by getting him raped so hard by Brock Lesnar that it turns him babyface? Is that possible? Rape. It's Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is the rapist, not me. <laughs> <laughs> it all started with John Cena, dude. When he squashed Cena, that can be described... I, I guess I just described it as a squash, so... Defeated my own point. <laughs> I was about to say, it can be described as nothing other than a rape. Even though I described it as a squash. All I think of now is a celebrity Jeopardy from SNL. I'll take the rapist, Raven. <laughs> therapist. But let's do dog noises for 200. What is the sound that Roman Reigns makes? Before he super punches. <laughs> Rough, just the way your mother likes it, Trebek. <laughs> You know what I like? I love Enzo Amore. And the Zone Train. I love him. (laughs) Choo choo. (laughs) The Zone Train. All I gotta know is why you're still standing on the tracks. Because the Zone Train's coming through. Choo choo. (laughs) I just. That was awesome. I like him. But they need someone to counter him. Yeah, dude, he, you know, he's running into the same problem that New Day did for a long time. Oh, after, very true. They had nobody to go up against who was on their level. And then finally, we and had the Usos. The scary part about that is then you go stale. If you don't yeah. have someone good to counter you. Fuck. That is the unfortunate reality is that if they don't get somebody else up there who can counter him, then it's going to be a bad it's time. Just week after week of him delivering these great promos but great promos need a great counter right because like when when the counter is lucha things it's embarrassing oh did you hear him this week did you catch that quote from him yeah that was pretty bad where he said he was gonna walk out the new cruiserweight champion yeah (laughs) as he's wearing the cruiserweight championship yep i mean you know not for long I had to do that, you know, the, like the 50 second, 15 second rewind thing. I had to click that. And I was just like, did he just say what I think he said? Yeah. Well, and you know what? They very conveniently cut that little, that one line out when they did like the repackages and stuff like on 205 Live to replay that moment from Raw. <laughs> I was like, because I was waiting for it. I was like, is he going to say new? And I was like, oh, they cut it out. Good idea. Good job. <laughs> Good job, guys. <laughs> 
the one very efficient department at uh, WWE is their video packaging department. We've said that multiple times, dude. They are the stars of WWE, for sure. They can make you so hyped for a match. Mm Mm-hmm. They're fucking amazing, dude. Like, they are really good. Um, Shit, I was going to (laughs) transition. Because, like, okay, I I do think that Enzo's um, bit where he beat down Kalisto was probably the best cruiserweight action we got all week. Like, because because of the follow-up when, like, when he was beating up and stuff like that and he was, like, going on the mic, I thought that really gave a different feel to a lot of the other beatdowns. Like, this one felt yeah. more of, like, an actual beatdown. Sorry. Burp. And it, it made Enzo a little more heel. Like, oh, instead yeah. of being that thick, goofy heel, mm-hmm. like, him being the smart-ass, like, Channing, you deserve it as it was happening. Yeah, like, he's got five guys out there. He's just smacking them around, just chanting, like, you deserve it. And then, you know, like, asking the crowd, too, was like, oh, is this too brutal? Is this too real for you? And, like, smacking them around even more, like. That was really, and then doing the like the crying thing, like mocking the audience for booing, like that was really good. I loved it, dude. It made me feel really excited. In my pants, <laughs> just like you uh, get every time you see a Shawn Michaels come on screen. Well, yeah. Did you hear about his uh, return to the ring? I did. What? This came out of fucking nowhere. Uh, I I found out the reason why. Because that same night, Ring of Honor's doing a show. Wait, that's the reason that they brought Shawn Michaels in as a guest referee? I, they're trying to make sure that that show sells tickets. Wow. Because Ring of Honor's going to be, like, down the street, basically, on the same night. <laughs> With the Bullet Club. <laughs> so, <laughs> See, now here I was thinking that somehow that was meaning that there was going to be a title change. And that, like, Shawn Michaels is going to, like, turn heel and join up with the Undisputed Era. That was my conspiracy theory on the subject. Nope. It's just WWE scared of Ring of Honor and the Bullet Club. <laughs> just scared of Bullet Club? So they got to put Shawn Michaels as the guest referee? Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. Hmm. But, according to Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes doesn't draw... So now nah, fuck him. <laughs> fuck that guy. He doesn't draw. You know who draws? The fashion police. That segment was so goddamn good. I love pulp. The pulp fashion, the fashion files. It's it's hilarious, dude. They're so good. They're getting the ascension over. Yeah. Also, when did the ascension become smart? I don't know, but they're fucking hilarious, dude. They've got great Wait. comedic timing. To be, wait, wait. There's these new brothers coming in, isn't it? (laughs) Guys, it's very obviously the Bludgeon Brothers. (laughs) That was hilarious. I love that they're just like, yeah, like, dude, obviously, come on. (laughs) They just solve the case for them, and they just ignore it. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, it combined two of my favorite things: Pulp Fiction and the Fashion Police. Oh my god, did you see um, some of like the things on the background this week too? Like they always do the good pictures. And it was a lot of other like Tarantino references. They had. Oh, uh, I didn't catch that. I gotta they, go back and like. Dude, they had. <laughs> they had a bunch of pictures of Cena in his different colored shirts, and it was like Mister Blue, Mister White, Mister Orange. <laughs> <laughs> and then a picture of Road Dog too was Reservoir Dog. Like. 
Oh, it was, that's fantastic. It was really good shit, dude. So, like, actually, I saw a little bit of an interview recently where they talked about the Fashion Files, and yeah, like, it is basically just those guys. Like, it's Fandango and Breeze. Just, like, coming up to TV, they fucking put it together, shoot it. It's like, it's just those guys. Mm-hmm. Which fucking shows what we have been saying for so goddamn long. Let these people have some fucking freedom. They're performers. They're artists. If you don't trust them to do their job, don't fucking hire them. Don't put or them on if TV. Not doing a good enough job, fire them. Yeah, exactly. Like, or you know, like something. Like, don't constantly put them on TV when you don't trust them. And but when you do trust them, when you like, give these people some fucking room. Fuck. Like, at at this point, like, if everybody was just fucking it up, I would understand. Like, if everybody was on the level of Kalisto, where, like, if you give him free reign and he just says lucha things, like, okay, I get it. You can't give it to Kalisto. But a lot of these other guys, I think more often than not, are proving that they need more freedom. Yeah. And that they thrive under it, the product thrives under it. Like, and fuck, it's got to be a lot less work. To like, <laughs> like, oh my god, to have two guys that come up with the ideas, film it, and then just give you the tape, like, mm-hmm. well, it's like you know, it's very reminiscent of um years and years ago when like Miz and Morrison were doing the dirt sheet, because mm-hmm. like with those guys it was like they just kind of like it was like all right, you guys you have like an hour or whatever, you know, before TV, go do your fucking dirt sheet, and look, oh, it's bringing people to the website. Yeah, and it was like it was a fucking success, and people were going to the website. You know what? I, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point they're just like, no, fuck Fashion Files. It's too popular. We just have to get rid of it. Like, yeah. Dirt Sheet, whatever. We got rid of that. Uh, true Long Island Z story? Yeah, we got rid of that. <laughs> Fashion Files might be next. They even got rid of the, the comeback story of the, the Z True Long Island story. Yeah, like, what? like uh, that was interesting, too. I was excited for that. But uh, I don't know. I guess we'll have to see what the fuck. Like, if if they have any plans for Ryder, which I'm sure they don't. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Poor Ryder. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Before we get into the other highlight of SmackDown, I did want to mention another really great backstage segment, which also I think is kind of letting people show off a lot of their chops. Because uh, like, Aiden... comedic timing. Yep, and comedic timing with Aiden English doing his uh, little operatic singing, and mm-hmm. getting pissed when people didn't give a shit. And that's like the f- f- fucking perfect timing of him being like, well, if my thing's not up to your musical standards, then what is? And then pff, New Day just bust, burst in with the fucking trombone. And <laughs> Man, like all, all three of those guys are doing great. But I think especially in that segment, I just, I fucking love Big E, dude. Like Big E is definitely on my short list of like my favorite guys. But like he's I, just so ridiculous. <laughs> just he's like, so ridiculous. But you know who I, I fucking love Rusev in that segment. Yeah, actually, you know what? I might change my his, mind. I think Rusev might have been the star of that. He was great. His timing of just like, like the Rusev song is not a joke. And then when like Aiden <laughs> starts singing, he was just like, no, not the time. <laughs> yes, not the time. <laughs> he is surprisingly fucking funny, dude. I, people have said that, that like on his Twitter and social media and stuff, like he's a really funny guy. Yeah. We know, actually, I guess we shouldn't be that surprised too, because like even the even in uh, South Paul when he was... Uh, Bart the farmer? Or oh my god. Like, that was so good. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like he he is a lot better than I think they give some credit for. When he just did the most ridiculous like southern accent, he's just sitting there chewing like the, the hay or whatever. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Ranting about the chickens. Yeah. 
Big Bart. That was his name. Big Bart. Yeah. Big Bartholomew. Because they were just like, how do you feel about, uh, what's his name, like, taking the farm? Then he's just talking about the chickens. <laughs> the chickens. <laughs> oh, man. I was going to try and transition this out of chickens, but I can't think of it. How Sammy did... Zane is not a chicken. <laughs> Sammy Zane is not a chicken. Neither is Daniel Bryan or Kevin Owens. They were all great this week. <laughs> I... uh, that was a really good segment with Daniel Bryan and Sammy, though. Sam, that I like. I think Sammy Zane's promo from last week and this week it's a it's tough to determine which one was better because they were both he, excellent. He brought out the line like what made him a heel this week was like Bryan sitting there talking about how like they've had similar careers or something, and then mm-hmm. Sammy's just like, "Well, mine's still going." Yeah, like mine's still going, and just like, oh my god, like he he added so much depth even to like his heel turn and his character with like. Him talking about like Daniel Bryan, it was like, you know, you were always one of my idols, and you're always just a couple steps ahead of me. And then whenever I would catch up to you, then you were just that much farther ahead, and I could never catch up to you. And it's like, you know, and then, of course, then in WWE, you know, the further difference between me and you was like, you always had them. You had the fans, and I never had them. They never held up their end of the bargain. Like, oh, so good. And didn't he, he said something like, they would get behind me, but only for like a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like, it, it, so much, like, at this point, with all these different reasons he's given, it's like, man, like, how couldn't he have turned heel? Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't you do it earlier? <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's, and that's even part of his thing, is, like, he's such a good guy that he's he's let people kind of, like, walk over him and take advantage over him, and now he's just, like, fuck this shit, because it's never going to turn back around on me. Like, I'm never going to get the benefit that I'm giving you, so I'm tired of it. Yeah. It's it's the housewife who's been pushed around by their husband too much, who always says they're going to change. You know, baby, I'm going to change. And they never do. And then finally, they're just like, fuck this shit. Fuck this. I'm taking the kids to my mom's. <laughs> I'm taking the kids to Kevin's. And Kevin has now declared that Sammy is his best friend. Mm-hmm. Gave him I a big old hope, hug on the stage. I hope they have a, a longer run than... Owens and Jericho did. I think they will. I don't know, because I'm trying to think of, like... And I hope they uh, just don't directly repeat, like, what just happened with Owens and Jericho. Yeah, that that would be kind of shitty if they did that. Actually, you know what? I mean, this this would hopefully be probably, like, pretty far down the line, but, like, what if eventually when they're going to, like, I guess, like, bring a big change to their dynamic and their storyline, instead of having them break up... What if together they, like, turned face or something? Like, maybe, like, Sammy kind of starts to turn face on his own at some point, like, once he's gotten over his, like... Because I, I feel like with the way that Daniel Bryan was talking to him and whatnot, I, I think part of the story they're going to kind of go for for a little while is almost like Daniel Bryan, like, maybe on some level basically just, like, trying to get Sammy Zayn to, like, see that he's being an ass and, like, go back to his old ways. And, like, you know, warn him. It's like, look, dude, like, you know that Kevin is using you. Like, he's going to get rid of you at some point. Like, smarten up, wisen up, go back to your old ways. And then maybe at some point, like, instead of him just turning face and they break up, I don't know, maybe Kevin Owens could turn face with him. But then again, like, Kevin Owens has been such a good heel that I don't know. Maybe it would be too much of a waste to turn him face. I don't yeah. know. That, that's that's a lot of, like, really empty speculation, though. Because I feel like that's very yeah. far down the line, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good, uh... 
But you know me. If I if I'm not endlessly uh emptily speculating, I'm not me. Yeah. <laughs> so I have live to. without that. I I couldn't live. I just couldn't do it. Um let's see is is there anything else you feel like you need to talk about from uh 205 Live or NXT cuz I feel like those shows were not a whole lot this week. Uh NXT um so we had Ember Moon is now a part of the Fatal 4-Way. Mm-hmm. Uh, War Games uh and what else? Oh, with the really good moment with Iconic. Um with Peyton Royce and Billy Kay asking William Regal if uh if they were going to be a part of like the match the following week i guess mm-hmm. and he goes he's like yeah well all the rest of the women are in like a battle royal and billy just billy k just goes oh and like does the most dramatic walk away and peyton royce just gives like a regal look of and goes how could you and walks away <laughs> i fucking loved it those two are so good mm. Yeah, they, they really have come a long way to find their characters. And you could see, like, Regal was trying not to laugh because mm-hmm. <laughs> of how good Billy Kay was with just, like, this, like, 11-year-old, like, temper tantrum, basically, of just, like, ugh, and then, like, stomps off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, uh, they... but... Go ahead. I was just going to say, other than that, then we just have the buildup of the uh, three teams going into... Uh, mm-hmm. War games. Oh, with the possibilities of it, we saw security cam footage with no voices of Undisputed approaching Roderick Strong. And they give him a shirt, but he gives him the shirt back and walks away. Mm. Yes. The the conspiracy thickens. I I think he turns. I think that would be the definitely the smartest move. Mm-hmm. Especially because... I don't know. Do you get the sense... That they're they're kind of going to be keeping like Adam Cole and uh, um, Jesus Christ, why am I can't Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly? Like they're going to be like tag team guys. Like they almost might do like kind of a Freebird style, like holding the tag team titles rather than being like you know Red Dragon is the tag team and that Adam Cole is the singles guy. No, I, I get that. You get that? Okay. Yeah. The the only reason I was saying that is because like I, you know because initially obviously he came in and he attacked Drew McIntyre but like since then he hasn't touched McIntyre or any other singles guy they've only been focused on Sanity. I I think that's been like. Or you think that's just rush. because of the War Games build? Yeah, and let's not rush Cole and McIntyre. Mm-hmm. That's fair. So. That's fair. And I I think it's a good in between because then we have McIntyre going up against uh, Andrade Cien Almas. Andrade Cien Almas, who, uh, yeah, Zelina Vega did a good job of, you know, starting to set up that match a little bit more so we can um, see that come to fruition, because I'd like to see it, man. I think Andrade is pretty damn good, actually. Oh, he is. He is transformed completely. Like, think about what we were saying about him last year. Mm -hmm. He has improved tenfold. Yeah, well, you know what? And it's very, very markedly like right when they put him with fucking Zelina Vega, man, the shit changed. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know how much of that like is maybe like he's just one of those guys that I feel like it's kind of like the Miz where he needs somebody else to play off of. Or is it like, do you think that it was maybe they were like, well, hey, look, they're finally giving a shit about me creatively. So now I'll start turning on the gas. I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah, a little column A, a little column B. Yeah. <clears throat> 
I I don't know. I don't. I can't. I can't give you a logical reason why. I just that's what my gut tells me. Yeah. Because well, he yeah. seems like one of those guys. He's talented enough to make almost anything work. What do you mean? And it's, like they could give him like a crappy gimmick, and it feels like he's talented enough to make mm-hmm. it somewhat entertaining. And so when he wants to put the effort in. Mm. So you you think he might have a little bit of Randy Orton syndrome? Yeah, just, where, like, he <laughs> he's great like, when he feels like it, <laughs> and when he he feels like nah, this isn't really working, and starts like kind of fading out, and then they're like, hey, we're gonna give you this manager and this push, and he's just like, all right, now I'm good, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you know what? I mean, that's I guess I shouldn't even say that that's just Randy Orton syndrome. He's definitely the fucking you know biggest culprit of something like that to an extreme, but like to an extent, that's that's fucking everybody, dude. Like you, whatever you're doing. Especially if it's your fucking job, like the thing you're spending that much time doing, you want it to feel important. Like you want to feel yeah. like you matter. And you know when you're when you're in a company like this, where you know even even the terminology for you as a character, as a person, you are a superstar. You are a WWE superstar. And then if you're not fucking treated like a superstar, then like that's got to be infinitely frustrating. Yeah. When you don't get the respect you feel like you deserve. Right. When you don't feel like you're getting the respect that you deserve. And it's like, I, I feel like, you know what? I'm going to say this is like one of the other little, I think, pieces of legacy to take from Lucha Underground. Because Lucha Underground had a lot of fucking characters on it. And there there were a few that were like joke characters and stuff like that. But that show had a very, very big, well-rounded roster of a, like a, a shitload of legitimate contenders for the title. Like, they did a really good job of building up a ton of guys in that company. And it wasn't all just through fucking wins. Like, a lot of people got really, really over and, you know, really showed their stuff, even through really great losses. And a lot of that is just because they they did a lot more intelligent job of booking these guys well. And WWE, I think perennially, maybe this is because they're just constantly running TV all the time, so they just they just run out of ideas and shit. But then they'll just do horrifically stupid ideas where they'll like throw guys out there and just make them look like complete idiots past the like the oh, well, somebody got a one up on you and you need that to happen. Like they just make people look like idiots. They make people look weak through squash matches. And it's like, you know what? It's better to do nothing with a guy than to make him look like shit. Because then you have to do all, all that work to make him look not like shit because you made him look like shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? counterintuitive right like okay so for example with Sami Zayn, where he was having the whole problem of like he you know turned heel and whatnot and you know a lot of it was like the build-up of like you know he just constantly was like not winning not like in storylines and stuff like that when he had several weeks in a row where basically he was losing in like two or three minutes to aiden english wasn't that making him look like a fucking idiot yeah like wouldn't it have just been better to do some sort of like backstage segment or an interview with somebody or extend somebody else's match rather than have a two minute match where Aiden English beats Sami Zayn, makes him look like a fucking idiot. Sami Zayn never gets his comeuppance and Aiden English never gets put in anything else that capitalizes on that. Like they just do shit for no fucking reason and it makes everybody look horrible. It's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> because I think they have too much TV. Yeah, I mean we've we've been fucking also saying that for for a long time. <laughs> yeah. 
But then they never learn their lesson. They keep making new shows. Like, they created 205 Live out of nowhere. And it was like, I, I don't know what you guys are doing. <laughs> but, uh, my mind totally went blank there for a second. I, I guess that rant is over. <laughs> it's completed your, your for the moment. Your mind goes blank as soon as you're... It's, it's like the, yeah, like whenever I've gotten that, the last like angry thought, it's like, oh, that's, that's what I was ranting about. Well, now I feel better. <laughs> it's like when you take a big shit, you know, uh, you just, it's like, oh, I feel empty now, but in the best way possible. Uh, so is that it for SmackDown 205 Live and NXT? Um, yeah. We've, we've talked about Lucha Underground. Yeah. So I think it's uh, going to come down to the uh, the TLC predictions, my friend. Yes. Um so I guess the biggest thing on Raw was the return of Kane. Yeah, that actually I will say that I cuz yeah, obviously Kane returning was like the culmination of the storyline, but I thought that yeah. the way they played out the storyline on Raw was actually probably one of their better cases of writing for an episode of TV. Oh my god, the Miz pointing out that he was just like um, the faces said this. Can we go with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that was great. You know, further capitalizing on all that. And I, I actually thought if I had to pick one particular moment that I thought was the best on the show as far as the overarching storyline was like when they found Axel in the back after the like the shield had beaten the shit out of him and hung him upside down, and then like Miz and all that they come and find him, and they're like you know checking on him and all that sort of shit. And they're like, oh, well, what do you think about like if Curtis like, is he going to be able to perform as the fifth man? And then Miz just kind of says very nonchalantly, like, he was never our fifth man. He was like, oh, yeah. That was excellent. I I like that he had it. He was like, as much as I love him, Mm -hmm. like, he was not the fifth man. Yeah, he was never our fifth man. That was great. That was fucking great. And then, you know, because it's like, that finally solidified me. I think I told you this maybe last week, but I felt like Miz was very much the odd man out in this match. Like, he's the, all right, if you line up all these guys in this match, like, who doesn't belong? The Miz. (laughs) Well, because, like, I, I, the shield is on the other side. Like, yeah. <laughs> come on. And then, you know, the rest of the guys you got on the side, we got Cesaro, we got Sheamus, we got Strowman, now we have Kane, and then there's the Miz. Like, yeah. Yeah, all these guys are like, oh, yeah, like, we're big physical threats. And there's just, I'm the Miz. <laughs> He's but the brains of the operation. Exactly. This this episode really did show what he brings to the table as, like, why he's legitimately mm. valuable. Yeah. It's because through his you know, plotting and stuff like that, they ended up getting a five-on-three match. And that, you know, it's Kane as the fifth guy. <laughs> Who, you know, in, in like the most recent years is not as impressive, but when you put together the whole legacy of Kane, he's pretty impressive as a character, you know what I mean? Like drawing on yeah. the past. Which also, interestingly enough, I looked up as far as a record with Kane. Did you know that he has wrestled more pay-per-view matches, I think, than anybody ever? Uh... Not surprised because he's now like the longest tenured, I think. Yeah, I think it was like 20 or 21 years, something like that now. It's a fucking long ass time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's going to add up one more here on TLC. This Sunday. Do we have yeah. a match card? Yeah, sorry. That's what I was looking up. Okay. Perfect. Ah, so pre-show. We have match of the night. Ooh. Alicia Fox versus Sasha Banks. <laughs> that is a barn burner. 
Because Alicia Fox has a shirt now, so we can all we can all be wary, not worry about that anymore. Yeah, we can finally get that Alicia Fox shirt we've all been begging for. Crazy as a fox. And yeah, great shirt. Sasha wins. <laughs> yeah, Sasha should win. That that would be really weird. So <laughs> yeah, you know what? You know what? In honor of her new shirt, let's give Alicia Fox a win. <laughs> Uh, that'll well, that'll get those t-shirt sales going. Yay. Um, then we have our Halloween dress-up match. The Demon, Finn Balor, versus Sister Abigail, Bray Wyatt. I'm, Are I'm, you going to do it? I'm deeply conflicted. I'm deeply, so deeply conflicted. Because okay, so I feel there were a lot of rumors for a while up until this whole gender. Hopefully, instead, maybe AJ nonsense came up with Lesnar. The uh, rumor was that Balor was his next opponent, right? Yeah. But with this happening, Balor's gonna need something to do for a little while until maybe Royal Rumble is he, when he could challenge Lesnar. I don't know. Mm. So. But then you know who has to win for that to happen, right? I know. God damn it. This, this could this shit have come at a fucking worse time? Like, <laughs> I, I, like the last fucking time after I ended up losing the title match because of fucking Wyatt, I had said I'm never betting on this motherfucker again. And, then, and now, and he's then, in like a must-win situation. I do. Do you want me to make? Do you want me to make it easier on you? Because I'm freaking sure. Bray Wyatt. You are? Yeah. Holy shit. He, hold on. Think about it. He has to fucking win at this Dude, point. I, like, I've, it makes, I've said that so many times. And it's been true. Like, it, it's so true now, right? Like, you cannot go, all right, to counter your demon, we're going to give you this sister gimmick. And we're going to hype it up so much. And then have him fucking lose for, like, a third or fourth time. <laughs> but they, I mean, but they did it with, like, Randy. You know, like, they gave him the title, they gave him, like, the big entrance with, like, the creepy shit and, like, the, the, like, the bugs and everything, and then he just fucking lost then. Like, they've historically done this all the time. I'm sticking with Bray. (laughs) God damn it. I, they can't be that stupid. They cannot be this stupid. Wyatt has to win. Okay, I'm going with Wyatt, too. Against my better judgment... Wyatt has to win. They cannot do this again. <laughs> they can't do this, right? Like he they has can't. he has to win. <laughs> like if he doesn't win, we're just not gonna bet on Bray Wyatt matches anymore. But he's dressing up like a woman though. Like, don't you think that, that like they would never let him win because of that? No, you know what? I'm not being tricked. Fuck you, Bray Wyatt. I'm not falling for it. <laughs> I'm voting Balor. <laughs> Balor's winning this match. Oh shit, we're gonna be dead. I'm not. I can't do it. You know what? I'm gonna. I'm just. I'll just be happy if Wyatt finally fucking wins the match he's supposed to. I'll just be happy that I was wrong. But I cannot. I cannot be tricked by this shit again. (laughs) I can't. Like Wyatt has to win a pay per view match before I ever bet on his ass again. (laughs) Are you making up that you win either way now? In my mind, I win either way. This is <laughs> psychologically, I can win either way. 
But yeah, the, the point only counts if Balor wins. I'm picking Balor. Okay. I, I cannot go through this again. I cannot have Wyatt trick me again. <laughs> it's just going to be kind of funny if he wins. You know what? I, I'll be happy on the level that it's like, okay, finally. Finally, they gave this guy a win. <laughs> but what? That's like the deciding point. Though, you know what? He... I'm just going to have to say it's worth it at this point and just go <laughs> along with my life. And realize that I can get the title back. <laughs> I, I can't bet on him again, man. I can't do it. It's like with Vince. I was burned by him too many times. <laughs> uh, he, even even if statistically, he's probably going to change this time. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it, Captain. I can't do it. <laughs> uh, next up, we have a tag team match uh, of Cruiserweights. Brian Kendrick and Jack Gallagher against Cedric Alexander and Richard Swan. Um, I th- I think the heels are actually going to take this. Cause I f- yeah, because I feel the same way too. Because Alexander and Swan have been yeah, they've been on the up and up. Yeah, they've kind so. of been taking these these matches during the weeks. So yeah, because Gallagher's lost to um. Both Swan and uh, well, I guess this was a DQ this week on Two Hundred Five Live, but he lost to um, oh, fuck was it Cedric Alexander on Raw? I think right. Uh yeah. I th- hold on. I have my Raw results right here. Because I, I believe that they fought on Monday, and then it was Swan that fought Cedric. Kendrick. Yeah, Cedric pinned him this okay. past Monday with a lumbar check. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, yeah. All right. We pick the heels. We pick the heels. Yeah. All right. Is that uh, the rest of the pre-show? Uh, no, that's the main card. Sorry, the only pre-show match is Fox versus Sasha. Really? Yeah. Wow, they put the cruiserweight tag match on the main Dude, show. There's only seven matches on, in total, including the pre-show of this card. Yeah. I'll <laughs> to jump back a fucking second. You know what? I I was almost a little bit surprised that they didn't decide to make the Balor and Wyatt match. A specifically, on the pre-show. No, no, no. Uh, make it a chairs match, but make it specifically a rocking chairs match. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. I I have to give them to it. Give it to them this year. We we only have a TLC match and a ladder match, right? For the cruiserweight title. Uh, no, just a singles match. Really? I thought that, that's not a ladder match. Not listed here. Let me check huh. the site. Okay, maybe not. But that that is the next match that we can discuss while I'm looking this up. It's yeah. uh the cruiserweight match, the cruiserweight title match. Sorry, between yeah. Enzo Amore and the new cruiserweight champion <laughs> Kalisto. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like Enzo definitely takes us back. Uh, me too, because Kalisto doesn't know that he's champion, so yeah, <laughs> he, he forgot that he was champion. So uh, he definitely cannot be, for sure. And especially because, like, did you hear that even part of the rumor of, like, why they switched the title was like, purely just because Neville fucking left? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, put it back on Enzo. Clearly 205 Live is the Zo show. Give him the title. Because, uh, you know, it's not going to be long until we get another Lucha Things promo from Kalisto. I mean, the shit that we've seen from him already with the title has been pretty bad. But I, I, man, I don't know. He he needs a des- He needs a manager very desperately. Mm-hmm. 
he is bad. Like he, there are other guys that are just like meh on the microphone, but he is like he's actively bad. And like, Lucha not, things, and, and and not even like Lucha things was definitely the worst single promo he's ever had. But even like every other one is just like it's actively bad. Like me and you could go into the ring and cut a better promo than Kalisto today with zero class. Like no promo class, no nothing. Like just here you go, here's a microphone. Cut a better promo than Kalisto. No problem. <laughs> so, uh, and well, you know, here's here's a little thought exercise before we go to the next match. Who the fuck can be the proper opposite for Enzo? Do they have anybody in the company right now? Do you in think? the cruiserweight division? I. Th- my my best bet is uh, a guy that's down in NXT right now, and I would think it'd be Johnny Gargano. Yeah, he's the only one I can think of too. Yeah, so hopefully Chomp comes back soon so they can do their feud, and then they can get Gargano right up on two five live as quick as possible before Enzo gets too stale. Or do you think they move Gargano up sooner and then Chomp returns on two o five to finish his feud with? Gargano. Actually, you know what? That wouldn't be a bad idea. That would not be a bad idea. Because I like, think that would bring a little bit more prominence mm-hmm. to 205 Live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bring more prominence to 205 Live. And, like, on, right now there's a shitload of people down in NXT right now. And, yeah. like, you know, while I think Johnny Gargano does well there, like, him being the bigger fish in the smaller pond, per se, being in 205 Live, I think then he could have a bigger role. Mm-hmm. Like in the same way that Enzo was like really taking over that show, like I think that Gargano, if he got put into there, like he could really kind of step up, definitely, as being like the top babyface on that brand. Although at the same time, I I think also Rich Swan has a lot of untapped potential. Like I think he's really good in every aspect. And I think I think Cedric does too. I just think they haven't handled them the best. Yeah, I, th- I think Cedric has a lot, though, too. But I-, I feel like compared to Swan, he's definitely lacking in the charisma department. Mm. Or as uh, Enzo called him, the man that charisma forgot. <laughs> uh, and then then we have the debut, main roster debut of Asuka going up against Emma. I mean, come on. I'm going to go with Emma. Really? No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Oscar <laughs> all the way. Yeah. Okay. Oscar all the way. I, I, almost at this point, it'd be the bet is like, how much offense does Emma get even a punch in? <laughs> I'm sure she'll Signed. be able to... Actually, I bet it'll probably be a lot like their uh, NXT match, to be honest. Oh, yeah. I forgot that they had that. Mm-hmm. Watch. I think that's actually a lot of why it's very cool that Emma is like her debut opponent because she was the debut opponent in NXT. Mm. So it's kind of this like nice little full circle bit, you know? Like Look with Prince WWE even doing full, full circle stuff. I know, right? Every once in a while they're like, hey, wait, we could do something pretty smart here. <laughs> yeah. And then they do it. Uh, And then we have uh, Alexa Bliss versus Mickey James for the women's championship. Three women's matches on one show. Oh yeah, I didn't even realize that. It's probably been a long ass time, if ever, that they've done that. Uh, yeah. 
But hey, good for them. They've got enough yeah. storylines to go on, I guess. Even though this even Alicia Fox it, right? and Sasha is totally shoehorned in. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think Alexa retains here. Yeah, I, I feel like Bliss definitely retains here. Like, Mickey James just got the pinfall on her on Raw, so it's like, all right. Yeah. We, we know how this plays out. And and there's no point in taking it off of Bliss at this point. Yeah. And plus, it's, Mickey's old, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, though, actually, I'm, I can't remember if I pitched this on to you on the show or if I talked to this about the wife. But I came up with a while ago. I, from now all the way to WrestleMania, I've got your Raw Women's title storyline booked. How how do you do that? So at the next pay per view, because Oscar's clearly going to kill Emma and Bliss, I think we'll still have the title. Then you build to the next match is Oscar versus Bliss right away. Oscar mm-hmm. kills Bliss like kills her, and specifically, very specifically in the match, you know the spot where like Alexa does where it makes it look like she breaks her arm. Yeah, have that be part of the finale of the match too. Like Oscar like breaks her arm. And then, then in kayfabe, you know, obviously not in reality, but in kayfabe, she's injured. And so then, oh, shit, this idea is a little bit fucked. Well, it'll probably be okay by the time it comes around. Anyway, so Alexis Bliss is injured and pissed. And she then basically, like, she's not going to be able to wrestle for, like, a little while. Um, but she is basically going to be trying to, like, get as many people as possible to try and go after Asuka and get revenge. And primarily the person that she would use to do that would be Nia Jax has like the stand-in for her trying to go after Asuka and it's like you know not working to whatever extent and then you would eventually culminate back to I would think that either you would have the finale be like you know one big final match between Nia Jax and um oh my god uh Asuka with Alexa Bliss at ringside or you could do Alexa Bliss is finally back in the ring then against Asuka maybe like a Wrestlemania or something like that as kind of like a the last ditch effort to try and get back at her. Maybe it's like a triple threat or something between Nia Jackson um, bliss, but that's kind of how I imagine it was like this, basically like a campaign of like her trying to get back at Oscar for like, you know, injuring her and taking away the title. Like just this vindictive, angry, psychotic bliss trying to go after Oscar and just, you know, plug that until WrestleMania. Huh. And then maybe, Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I guess that's what, kind of what I would do. And then maybe do like a simultaneous at some point, try and keep re- rehabilitating Bailey and try and get her over maybe with like a against heel Sasha or something like that. So then because the other idea I think would be very cool to do at some point is that they, if you come back full circle to the fact that like Oscar was the one that beat Bailey for her title a long time ago back in NXT and mm-hmm. that then like the one who would eventually beat Oscar's undefeated streak would then be Bailey. Yeah, that's I can see that. That's that's my little dream. Maybe maybe that'd be like a SummerSlam. I don't know. <laughs> Ooh, like, hey, you know what? Maybe yes. a SummerSlam. SummerSlam because they keep doing SummerSlam in Brooklyn, and I believe. Oh, that's no, no, no. where. No, it wasn't in Brooklyn where she lost it. Was it? Or was it where? Orlando? Who? I'm trying. When did where did um Bailey lose the title to Oscar? Was that in Brooklyn or was that in um? No, that was down in like. That might have been Texas Orlando. Or Orlando, or yeah. Yeah, it was like whatever that WrestleMania um, weekend was. Right, because then, yeah, because then Bailey came up like right after WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, so it was... Well, all right, so maybe maybe the SummerSlam Brooklyn thing isn't as important. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. 
I don't know. That's kind of that's kind of in my brain the long term booking that I think would make sense. And I think mm-hmm. would it'd be like an interesting extra like level for like so Bliss's character would be able to evolve then too, because like Bliss so far has been kind of, you know, she's been like bitchy and a little bit more in control. Like for the most part, she's actually been fairly in control and done really well against people. But then like Oscar could be the one where she just like she cannot get a leg up on this bitch and it's driving yeah. her nuts. And she's doing everything and anything in her power to try and get over her. And she just can't overcome it. Just can't overcome Asuka because nobody's ready for Asuka. <laughs> All right. And then we have our main event. It Holy shit, main five... event time? Yeah, there's only seven matches. That's right. Shit. All right. Five on three, handicap, tables, ladders, and chairs match. Four, I've assumed nothing above the ring. I think it's just going to yeah. be like a pin match, um, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Braun Strowman, The Miz, Kane, Cesaro, and Sheamus against The Shield. Yeah, this. Yeah, I guess it probably will just be like a single pinfall. Because I was thinking it's like, well, elimination style would make sense. But with Survivor Series coming up, you know, they don't want to do that. Yeah. So and apparently soon. they've done this before. I can't remember what the match was. But apparently they have done a TLC match that didn't have anything hanging above the ring. Hmm. All right, fair enough. So who do you think takes this one? This is actually kind of tough. Because you do have the shield returning. Mm-hmm. But you also have a very strong team of five. That's true. Although, I'm definitely picking the shield. Me too. But I think... So I think... Strowman definitely has to be like the strong guy. Oh yeah, like he was—he's the only reason that I was even considering that. It's like, well, maybe the other team could win if they mm-hmm. really want to push Strowman as the guy who beat the Shield. Because, because <laughs> yeah. that—that could kind of work, I guess. But I—I I feel like they're gonna pin Kane out of this. It's either Kane or Miz. <coughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna say, Kane <coughs> or Miz. Wow, I'm dying. But. <coughs> Yeah, because I, I feel like with because with the shield, I feel like if they lose here, it would be really because da- like when their initial run came through, like they destroyed everybody. The shield was like undefeated as a group, so for them to finally come back and then like, I mean, granted they're going against five people, but like, you know, these are not the five top guys in the company. Like Strowman is like the only guy who's really on the same level as the shield. Like the other four guys are beneath them. Far beneath. Like, if th- if this was a team of, like, Strowman, Lesnar, and, I don't know, like, a Samoa Joe or something like that, like, then it'd be like, okay, they could definitely lose and they'd be fine, I think. But, like, against these guys, like, to, to borrow from The Rock, these guys are jabronis. Like, they are not good enough to beat The Shield. Like, I'm trying to think, because, like, because The Shield loses here. In my mind, a lot of the appeal of the shield is then gone. True. So I think they need to win here because, you know, whether they want to keep them together for a little bit longer and keep doing tag matches now or just, you know, in the future, because obviously they're not going to stay together for very long. Someone's going to break this shit up. But then they, they, I think, definitely want to keep that possibility of like, hey, you know what? Maybe another couple of years we can do a shield reunion. But for that to have any hype, they have to win. Yeah, exactly. No, I agree. So I feel like we're gonna get the the feel good moment of the, oh wow like whatever fucking many years ago they came and they destroyed and they destroyed again, and then you, they keep on coming back every couple of years and destroying. 
Either that, or if they, they want to like super rush the betrayal storyline, they could just have Dean Ambrose turn heel on them now and cost yeah. them the match. Like that, that'd be the only way they could lose is if somebody cost them the match. That'd be funny if it was Dean too, because he mm-hmm. was the untrusting guy. So, yeah, we, I, I do think that's eventually how this is going to um, fall out. As I think Dean is going to implode the shield the second time. Yeah, I just hope they do it in like a different way. Although, you know what, I, I do have a minor conspiracy theory, too. Because on the, they keep bringing up, like, Miz, very specifically, is always targeting and talking about how, like, you know, Dean's the one who keeps saying that they can take on all these guys. So what if they do lose? And then uh. they start blaming Dean. And then Dean starts getting fucking pissed. There's like, look, guys, it's not my fucking fault. Like, we're the shield. Come on, you know. And then, like, maybe the frustration of, like, him taking the blame for all that, like, he, I don't know, could, like, go crazy and turn on him. Or maybe, maybe he would use the rationale of like, well, we only lost because you guys aren't what you used to be. And then maybe he tries to like form the new shield or something and get like two other guys. And then try to like take down Roman and Seth or something. I don't know. I could see that. Yeah. All right. I think that wraps us up. <laughs> Look, all right. Do you, do you want to know what this entire pay-per-view comes down to, Joe? It comes down to Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt. <laughs> sure does. I was calculating that in my head. <laughs> Motherfucker. Bray Wyatt, you son of a bitch. You better not cost me the title again. <laughs> because I didn't believe in you. I'm going to be so goddamn happy when I win these titles. <laughs> son of a bitch. Ah, oh, son of a bitch. Bray Wyatt, you Fucker. <laughs> <laughs> No matter what, Bray Wyatt fucks me, doesn't he? In a way. You know what? No. I've I've broken all ties with him. I'm not betting on him. I am staying the Super Smart Brother champion because I know that the company has no faith in him. (laughs) Keep telling yourself that. I will. I'll keep telling myself all the way till Sunday. (laughs) And then I'll cry myself to sleep (laughs) if they finally give Bray Wyatt a win. (laughs) The as soon as the three count is counted, you're gonna be like, son of a bitch! Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna text you like those motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> the one time I don't pick fucking Bray. <laughs> the one I I seriously don't think I've ever not picked Bray Wyatt. Like I have picked him perennially. You have always found a reason to pick him. Like I, because there have been so many times where it's like <laughs> he's in must win situations and he somehow finds a way to lose. But. That's how the world works. No more. No All right. More. So check us out on our social media, Facebook, Super Smart Brothers, Twitter, at Smart Brothers, and shoot us fan questions, supersmartbrothers at gmail.com, and rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and our original home of Podbean. Yeah, I totally forgot uh, about the fan question, so I'll just uh, pretend to make one up. What's the best ever wrestling show? Oh, it's Lucha Underground. <laughs> That's the answer. Yeah, let's just go with that. <laughs> it was a really good show this week, so. Yeah, well, you know what? All right, I guess we'll sign off, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give my little heartfelt goodbye. Goodbye, Lucha Underground. Thank you. You are the best wrestling show that ever happened. You will never be replaced. I love you. I hope you come back someday. (laughs) But I know in my heart that our time is done. And I'll treasure it forever on Netflix.
Welcome to the Ring of Honor, baby. Welcome to Ring of Honor. Time to kiss the ring.